0: Just like that dude Boosie. He a rat. Boosie, you don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? You talk about wipe me down. You need to wipe your ass with some lotion. It's your little assy ass bitch. Make my name taste like shit in your mouth. You don't know me. You know what I'm saying? You don't know me, dude. You don't you know Freeway ain't gonna front you. I mean, ain't gonna say nothing because he's a nice guy. But I ain't no nice guy. Fuck you, and I'll fuck your little ass up. You need to get some lotion, little bitch. And leave, make my name taste like shit in your mouth. But Boosie, you don't know me. And make my name taste like shit in your mouth, dude. Get you some lotion. Wipe the lotion down, bitch. I ain't scared of you. I'll beat your little ass. Little ass, you motherfucking monkey-looking bitch. You know what I'm saying? Just like Boosie. Motherfuckers had to check in to me, motherfucker. They're coming to my town. Stupid. Puff way bigger than you. You know what I'm saying? Them dudes way bigger than you. Red men, Them all them bigger than you. Uh, heavy D, all them, homie. You just a little small fry. Go wipe your ass down with some lotion, bitch. Little ass, you motherfucker. Ooh, I'm mad at you. And you lucky I ain't out there no more because I'll be out there waiting on sunset on your ass. Motherfucker. Just to flip you.
1: All right. Um... It is uh Friday, October eleventh. Uh let's see, um yeah, I think I'm back. I think I'm back to do this damn thing all over again. Um Yeah, I've uh took some time to regroup, uh uh try to figure out some different equipment at a new studio and, um, this seems to be um what I'm doing right now. let's see if let's let's just see how this episode goes. Let's just see if I can pull this shit off yeah oh by the way i can I can curse now, so um let me see if uh I can do some some news I just wrote a bunch of stuff. Where should we start? Uh, oh yeah, something happened recently. Uh, two two associates of uh, President Trump's uh, personal attorney, Rudolph W. Uh, Giuliani, have been arrested on charges they schemed to funnel uh, foreign money to U.S. politicians while trying to affect U.S. Ukraine relations, according to a newly unsealed indictment. The two men, Lev Parnas and Igor. Truman, just just their names, making you know their asses are sketchy, um, who have been helping Giuliani investigate Democratic presidential candidate and former Vice President Joe Biden were arrested Wednesday at Dulles International Airport outside of D.C. where they had one-way tickets on a flight out of the country, officials said. Yeah, just, they, it's, it's just getting sad now. These people can't even hide how fucked up things are. It's just I'm getting tired of Giuliani's ass just going on TV acting like, you know, the grandfather that reveals secrets during Thanksgiving. You know, just like, you like you know, your grandmother is really your mother, right? He, he's, got, he's probably going to say some shit like that soon. And um, why do we even have to deal with Giuliani at all? This man. Apparently doesn't, for a guy who seems, who who's uh, allegedly a lawyer, he doesn't know a goddamn thing about how law works. Just, just, it's, it's humorous, but it's also kind of pitiful. As for, um, what's it, whatever, the other stuff going on with the Trump fiesta, fiasco, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, let's see. President Trump's administration will cooperate with the ongoing impeachment inquiry, according to a letter sent by the president's lawyers to congressional Democrats.
2: Of course, uh,
1: House Democrats issued a subpoena for U.S. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland after the State Department directed him not to testify before Congress Tuesday. And more than half the U.S. voters want Trump impeached and removed from office, according to a Fox News poll released on Wednesday, which is just, just goes, y'all saw this shit coming. Oh, y'all saw it. Every, everybody, for the people who voted for him, people who didn't vote for him, just complete chaos and just, I realized I just, just earlier today, just like Trump is like that, uh, that side piece who you know is bad for you, but you just love the excitement and the unpredictability. Even if it just leads to disaster, y'all, I'll just eat that shit up because it's Trump and he's nuts and he's crazy. It's just, because it's obvious he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about most of the time. He's like a doddering old man stumbling around talking about uh, having the power to do everything and just the Constitution and just... Like, y'all knew he didn't know what the hell he was doing when he was campaigning to be president. And so far in his uh, presidency, which I don't know where the hell it's going to go. If you're going to impeach, motherfucker, impeach the motherfucker. Why just, it's like it's obvious that no, he you know, hasn't accomplished much except utter bullshit. And, um, wait, well, just this is one of those things where it's just like, even if if he's out of office, he's still going to be around doing crazy shit, just just keep getting on everybody's last damn nerve. Yeah, man, this whole damn family. And where's Tiffany in all this? Keep on trying to figure out where the hell Tiffany's at, but that's what you hear from her. Okay. Ellen got in a lot of trouble, didn't she? I was, I was pissed off as hell when, at a Packers Cowboys game this past Sunday, uh, Fox's broadcast featured a shot of DeGeneres and Bush in cheerful conversation as they sat in team owner's Jerry Jones's suite. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all just ready to cancel her so badly, I don't know what the hell's going on, like, first of all, what the hell you wanted her to do while she was, <laughs> first of all, in a suite, like, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't Billy Boy Clinton next to dude, I try to see if, get that whole full view of, uh, Bush and Ellen, because I swore I saw Clinton right next to dude, so, Yeah, you know, just it's, I'm trying to trying to get actually trying to Google image this stuff up while I'm talking to you all. But uh Nah, that was oh, I'm sorry, that was Mrs. Bush. Just yeah, Mrs. Bush was on the other side and and, and Portia was on Ellen's side, so sorry. Uh, but you just they're in the suite, so you know. I don't know if I don't, I don't think you can count on Ellen to say, "Hey, you know all that, those war crimes and shit that you did. Yeah, that that wasn't cool, motherfucker. What just? What are you gonna do about that? You gonna go to jail? You gonna do something? You you at least gonna apologize for Cheney's ass because you basically a puppet all that time. But no, it's Ellen Degeneres. She's cute. She is. Uh, she wears uh, interesting clothing. She dances whenever and stuff. And, and the old ladies love her. And uh, so, you know, she had to explain, like, oh, just being kind to, to somebody. And just, of course, Twitter was not going to stand for that. And even when other rich white women like Reese Witherspoon came to defense and and now they're on standing Reese. I thought, I thought y'all were done with Reese after that whole, you know, getting drunk and telling the cops that she's an American. But, uh... I'm an American citizen. I'm on I'm on United States soil. I know I'm drunk and you know, I'm no, you know, because 'cause I'm in town trying to shoot and walk the line. That's why I got the brunette hair, but I am a citizen. Yeah, but yeah, now y'all are unstanding or unfollowing or whatever. Uh just listen. I'm, I'm gonna say this right now. I don't give a shit anymore. Uh but uh Rich White. Which white people specifically? You know, which white women? You know, ain't really here for y'all asses. Just, you know, the cute people you know fun to look at, but just like the you know the rich white people. This is this is what they do. They just hang out, and just be rich. And just you know, you know what, what 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 cares do they have in the world? They're all rich. Just just being rich and in, in sweets. just chilling during a football game, probably eating. Um, shrimp, I hate shrimp, and all that, and then drinking, uh, very expensive, uh, Dom Perignon. So, now, if you wanted her to, to make a big stand, like, you know, just, I, I refuse to sit next to George W. Bush. You wasn't going to expect that from Ellen. She's Ellen. She's, she's, she's happy just to still, be on TV working. She did like a whole Netflix special about how she didn't have a career for a while, but now she does. She's rich. So, and, and, and be quite honest, I'm, I'm not saying that what you know what she did was 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 just and just uh, all that stuff, but just we all have to deal on a you know regular basis with motherfuckers you really wouldn't want to deal with. Just. Everybody has to whether it's at work or at a get together or family union and or some shit and just and so are y'all gonna just you gonna just gonna be like I don't, I don't wanna be near that motherfucker or are you just gonna like, hey, there's a football game, let's just watch the shit. Just No listen, we all know George W. Bush did some horrible shit but just gonna make a big deal or just enjoy yourself. It's just I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not defending or condoning anything that man did, or especially anything, or uh, just what Ellen did. But just like, just I don't know if I could, just I'm once again going back. Rich white people, they can all, you know, no matter what they do, they can all just get together and enjoy a game, even though they've all done some awful shit. Because usually rich white people usually do that. I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure that everybody has some horrible stories. Speaking of rich white people doing horrible stories, uh, Matt Lauer. Uh, oh, man, just Ronan Farrow is ready. Oh, he the new book is coming out, Catch and Kill, uh, next week, and he's just ready to bring some more uh, rich white dudes down because, um, Let's see. Uh, his in his new book, uh, in the upcoming book, uh, uh, what, was, what was the name? Uh, the uh, Brooke Neville's, uh alleges that Lauer anally raped her. Oh Jesus! Just uh, anally. Yeah, anally, oh, what? I Didn't mean to say that again. But uh, Ailey raped her in its hotel room at the 2014 so- so- Sochi Olympics. After saying Ailey raped a bunch of times, I'm having trouble saying where it happened. Uh, Neville says in the book that she had more sexual encounters with Lauer back in New York City, telling Pharaoh it was uh, completely transactional. It was not a relationship. The ousted uh, Today co anchor, who recently finalized his divorce from a longtime wife, Annette Roke, Roque something. okay, uh, penned a lengthy letter in response saying the encounter in Sochi was the beginning of his affair with Neville's and the first of many sexual encounters between us over the next several months. On Wednesday, Neville's released a statement which aired on NBC Nightly News saying, there's the Matt Lauer that millions of Americans watched on TV every morning for two decades, and there is the Matt Lauer who this morning attempted to bully a former colleague in the salads. First off, I don't give a I'm don't give a fuck about that motherfucker ever since she uh, no no ever since Matt Lauer I'm talking about Matt Lauer here um, kicked Ann Curry off the couch. That beautiful. Wonderful slice of morning heaven. She was was always a breath of fresh air in the morning for me. Enjoyed uh, watching her, listening her read the news and everything. So, fuck that dude. I've always been like that balding bastard. Secondly, um, if all this is true, then he, he needs to go down for various shit. And, and, you know, because it's, you know, I'm still stuck on the whole anal rape thing, which is just, there's like this epidemic of straight dudes just want to attack women in the booty holes. And it's, I, I am. I just can't, I just can't understand why, just, it's all, it's, like, what the, what the fuck is going on with that? Just, you always hear about, well, I just, you know, just just reading stuff, uh, news pieces that I've done, just like, just hear these horrible stories of anal rape, and just, why'd you do something to somebody like that? That is just, like, so, especially if it's, you know, of course, you know, just non-consensual, just, just in the just I yeah I can, I can I just don't understand that I mean just always um just in the in the booty hole just I mean just, uh, just its it's hard for me to you know imagine just you know, uh people having consensual mm-hmm. anal sex because that I mean that's that's yeah you know, it's got, it's, it's, you know, I, I've never done anything like that because it's just like I have too much sympathy for the other person. Because, like, I understand, like, a finger or something like that, just a. just like, you know, a thumb, a little, you know, a pinky, just like some, 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 some tickling and stuff like that. But it's like the whole thing in, in the booty hole. It's just, oh, cause I just, I'm. How do you sit afterwards and just that's why i i have i have the highest respect uh for the uh gay male community you know these 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 men are not um uh are, are not weak in 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 any way shape or form i mean they they take in the booty hole and just there are stronger men. Than you or I. You know, they are warriors, Yeah. You know, booty warriors and stuff like that. But just, I know, I know it seems like I'm just uh, making light of this whole situation, but I I'm, I'm not because it's just it's it's just fucking horrible that there are these 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 straight dudes out here that just feel like you know, t- taking women in the booty hole. It just you, you just have no soul when you do that shit, just the hell is just uh, just yeah just i'm 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 gonna get off this, because it's just I can just delve into this for for ten more minutes just trying to figure out why just you know the 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 you know the other you know the vaginas there, but you gonna go in the booty hole anyway uh uh something else uh oh yeah this shit um two people have been arrested in connection to the murder of Joshua Brown a key witness in the murder trial of former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger and a third suspect has been identified um Officials said the three men traveled from Alexandria, Louisiana, to purchase drugs from Brown in the parking lot of a Dallas apartment complex. They're, they're not even. Once again, more people. Motherfuckers lying to you. You know, trying. just As someone who used to live with a guy who um, would bag up crack, in the garage, drugs always are always within arm's reach. You don't have to drive all the way from Louisiana to Texas to get drugs. So yeah, the, all this is all this shit is is of course sketchy. But you know that's why I've come to suspect uh, from from certain law official outfits. Yeah, I mean things, things, things were kind of you know dying down, dying down with that whole thing. I mean the girl got ten years. I know it's, know it's not the the maximum, but it's, it's going to jail. I hope she isn't going to jail to, uh, to you know going to one of those fancy Tommy Chong jails, but. uh uh but yeah she you know she's going locked up, and the family seemed to forgive her the brother wanted a hug and everything, so I'm just you had to go but but the one of the key suspects has to be uh killed under mysterious circumstances where it doesn't seem that mysterious at all it's very tiring, Matthewhy. About this time and time again, just, it's this horrible shit happening all over the place. Just, just, of course, yeah. You know, I just, I just basically listed a bunch of horrible ass things that just happened this week. That's that's basically. If you have if this is your first time to the show, this is what I do: just ramble about the news and how goddamn horrible it is. You know, talking about uh, you know uh, this corrupt. Uh, politicians and corrupt police and and celebrities doing stupid shit and getting easily canceled and and just you know, booty hole rape which is well, yeah I want to establish that you know making a of this is like I think rape is bad but just yeah booty hole rape is just this is on this whole other level but um yeah, that's that's basically the point of the show. It's a show where I just talk about bad shit all the time. Hopefully, um some good will come out of it. Y'all we'll will just talk about it and just how just hear like what what the fuck is this guy rambling about? And just just rambling about what's out there. And so do I talk about Trish Paytas or just ah fucker? Anyway, um, this is uh, this is just the most incomplete show on the interwebs. This is everything is canceled.
3: until I go
4: Had no ceilings I was raised on rap music I'ma need some healing You appear to have a magic touch We together time no matter much Punch up the data man It's rather tough to stand strong if you ain't man enough I'm just out here being happy baby Why they mad at us? Work ethic and a hard drive I back it up Wait, back it up effectively ended my status as a bachelor no more nights getting my drink on just want to get my tank on like the incense put some tank on blackness i can't lie love is a gamble but my heart is assured that you can bank on break it down <laughs> Sunshine. Let's do it for the one time. I've been running after you like we was at the combine. Now I got you. Life is greater since we combined. A new freedom that exists within the confines. I'm a boss, not tellin' about the gun line. I ain't leaving yet, this ain't no featurette. It's a whole ass director's cut with extended run times. No need to be tearful. Music of my mind, girl, you're a concerto that I adhere to in first class. Eating bisque off, bumping I ear to. Lend me a near, you ain't gotta be fearful. Yeah, good morning, sunshine. sunshine. Let me chase you around the room, be on some love shit. Find a way, like Fife and Tip. What we have here is kinship. I leave Dilla, none Rilla. My exclusive drug dealer, I'm addicted to her. She my down ass offensive slur. Inexpensive furs, Louis Time. That's picture perfect. You are created in God's image. You a queen. You deserve a bigger ring. One or two offspring. Picket, Picket fence, private wing. Ready to live a dream. Whatever that really means. I'm just shining the light on my personal sunbeam. Right there.
1: Um, everything is canceled, aka Uncle Crizzle's sad place. I am uh, Craig D. Lindsay, aka Uncle Crizzle, aka Black Larry David, aka Anastasia Beferhausen, aka you know what? Just cancel me. I might, might as well just. probably might get canceled after that first twenty minutes. I did. But, um, this is, uh, the podcast, um, uh, what you just listen to, uh, listen to is a uh, lack of, uh, music that I like, uh, starting off with, uh, Bobby Caldwell, um, the, uh, the, the white guy a lot of black people can't believe is a white guy, uh, that's, uh, can't say goodbye, uh, from his, uh. You know, what What you won't do for love album, his Bobby Caldwell album, which, you know, everybody knows. And uh, after that, uh, another white guy who likes to sing black, and that's uh, Mac Ayers uh, from his latest album, Juice Box, uh, Shit Covered in Gold. That's the name of the track, Shit Covered in Gold, featuring uh, Tiffany Goosh. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. And uh, closing it out is uh, Little Brother. Uh, they're back together. Uh, Fonte and uh, rapper Big Poo dropped a new album, May the Lord Watch. I strongly recommend you listen to it. That was called uh, Good Morning Sunshine. So there's that. Uh, before we get into uh, this week's guest, let me tell you about our sponsor for this particular episode. Hey! Are you a big fan of porn parodies? Have you always wanted Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson to get it on? Or some girl dressed as Rocket Raccoon to play with herself? Well, you can see all of that at WoodRocket.com, the sponsors for today's show. That's right, America's premier porn parody site paid me top dollar to tell you about the fine parodies that they have on their site. Like Hamilton. The Loin King, Game of Bones, Fortnite, John Wank, 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles, and their latest, The Goo Place. And believe it or not, Wood Rocket also has an Etsy store, where you can get such items as weed pins, sex toy pins, posters, coloring books and the April O'Neill Dick and Morty action figure. You can find all of that at woodrocket.com, the future of porn. And uh, any other sites want to pay me money to, to promote them on the air? Yeah, just I'm just looking for sponsors at this point, just hopefully build enough of an audience to get more sponsors or just something like that because I need, I need a new car basically so all right. Um so let's get into our guest. This is gonna be a pre recorded uh interview. Uh this guy uh was very excited to uh get on the show and um I guess I guess we'll just get, get into it right now. We we Skyped uh last night. So here it is. All right. Uh, yeah, we're here uh, with uh, Sean Burns, a uh, uh, very well-known uh, film critic who has uh, written for various publications including Philadelphia Weekly, The Improper Bostonian, and you can find him these days over at um, W beu uh, artery blog so Sean uh, Burns welcome to everything is canceled <laughs>
2: great to be here I can't wait to get canceled
1: well yeah it, it'll happen eventually <laughs> I can't believe it um, hasn't
2: yet if you had actually yeah. recorded that the last time we talked it would have been the end for both of us I think
1: well, well here's the thing I did record it but since um, it was just like a FaceTime call
5: Mm-hmm. And for
1: some reason, the uh, the fine people who make iPhones just decide automatically to uh to cut out the the audio. <laughs> so so um, so yeah so that so that happened. So so there's there is a, like an hour conversation, but there's just no audio. So, so
2: it might be for the best. I mean, we can. Yeah,
1: that that, that left me despondent for a while. To see if I, ever did. I just figured out how to start using the the uh the the boards and the equipment at the at this media hub. So hopefully this will co- This will go out during the weekend, so you can tell all your friends uh, that that you're on this fine program whatever the hell it is but um (laughs) but uh yeah just uh well you know because the last time we spoke was like getting ready for uh the fall movie season and all the stuff that was about to happen and uh you're telling me that you're heading off to new york film festival to check out some films and uh and and you just did that, you're at New York Film Fest. Where, where it seems you were very popular when I say <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I don't think I'm that popular, you overstate thanks. Did I people think, roll know. Did
1: people roll up on you and say, Hey,
2: aren't you on Twitter? There were oh there was yeah, Simon Robo, yeah, some guy at the uh, our friend Matt Sites had a screening of casino with uh, Nicholas Pileggi there and this guy in my row was like, You're Sean Burns, you're on Twitter. And I really assumed I was about to be shot. And well, No, he seemed all right.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, just well, speaking of crusade uh, you you saw the Irishman the next day, and just how how <laughs> how batshit was all of that? Because you had, had
2: to get
1: in, get in line real early for that one.
2: Well, yeah, that was insane. That was uh, like Matt said, he probably wouldn't have planned the screening the same way because starting a three-hour movie at seven o'clock the night before with a Q and A following. And then, you know, we had to start picking up a they started seating at eight o'clock the next morning for the Irishman. Yeah. So there was just a lot of De Niro and Joe Pesci saying fuck in a twelve hour period for us.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: But um it was and there were uh projection <laughs> problems at the casino screening so the Q and A didn't start till like eleven. what?
1: <laughs> yeah, because what 'cause wasn't that in on in thirty five millimeter?
2: Yeah, yeah. One so, of the yeah. one of the two projectors was Having issues, but God bless him, man. Nick Poleggi, 86 years old. He was the life of the party. That guy was hysterical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just up and chatting, telling all these stories about, you know, where the, um, the painting from Goodfellas, uh, Pelleggi's mom painted that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was, uh, <laughs> that's where that whole scene came from. That was one of his mother's paintings. And now it's yeah, but... hanging in his office and whatever, uh, Whenever people come over, his, his kids' friends come over, they all want to take their picture with the painting.
1: Yeah. Very, very popular on
2: T-shirts, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and so, I, I should have worn mine. I'm kicking
1: myself. And the next day was uh, the Irishman. And of course, uh, you know, the, and well, well, before you get into all that, I mean, afterwards, it, there was uh, De Niro and... Scorsese and Pacino and Pesci and I'm guessing you were moist throughout. Let's
2: say it was like my Mount Rushmore just came to life and started saying the F word a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great, just being in you know the same room with all of them and uh, you know it's exactly what you you'd expect. You know, Pesci didn't want to answer any questions. De Niro doesn't talk, and you know Pacino and Scorsese never stop talking, but Scorsese makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Al, he's he's off on his own thing. He's, he's...
1: Yeah, he's always off on his own thing. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, just, I don't know if you, you want to give us your brief take on uh, the Irishman.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to... Uh, I saw afterwards that all these people were instantly, before the Q&A started, tweeting their reactions and things. And I was just, you know, I didn't turn my phone back on for a couple hours like a bunch of us... I saw it with, went out to lunch, then I walked from Lincoln Center down to the village and I thought, you know, they spent ten years trying to get this movie made. Maybe I can kick it around in my head a little while before the instant reaction. Yeah. But it's a it's a it's quite a piece of work. It's not the movie you expect it is. It's a very odd a very odd mix of uh, broad comedy and unbelievable despair. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very, it's, it's almost silly at times. And yet it's so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> last hour is like, you're just being <laughs> asphyxiated by the weight of time. But, uh, and of course, so my old uh, I got to see my old NYU professor and he asked me what my favorite scene was. And I said, every scene with Al Pacino. And he yeah. said, this is the correct answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe I tweeted that day. this Pacino performance was the best thing that's happened to me in months it's <laughs> just yeah. tremendous so you got, um, yeah, you got that to look forward to
1: yeah I got that to look forward to at some point uh, well I mean you also saw a lot of other films over there
2: didn't you, didn't you? yeah I saw a lot of really good stuff so the Almodovar um, mm-hmm. Pain and Glory that was excellent With the um, extremely handsome Antonio Banderas came out for Q&A
1: yeah <laughs> You, you, you still kill him. Still kill him.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a movie called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That really blew me away, this French film. That was something else. But yeah, everything I, I saw, you know, every movie I saw there I liked. It was Except a pretty good man. festival. Well, that wasn't part of the festival. That was playing in a commercial oh. release. So. Oh, okay.
1: But, uh. But, well, yeah, I guess since we are talking about Scorsese i guess we should talk about how basically uh he's a snob who doesn't like <laughs> marvel movies and uh that is that seems to be the whole thing now that pe- that i first of all i I don't know if it's the fact that Scorsese has the balls or whatever to to complain about Marvel movies that people are talking about the most or just or uh, are there actual legitimate uh, people who are mad that Scorsese went off uh, oh they're mad because
2: they found me because I was quoted in that stupid deadline article about it so my phone was basically useless all weekend with these little pants pissing babies crying you know mm. It's just, yeah, I just did another podcast about this last night. It, it's the dumbest controversy, uh, film-related controversy we've had in a while, and that's really saying something. Or being you know, <laughs> to say that Marvel movies are not the, the the cinema of personal expression, I mean, I don't think you even have to say it, right? These are factory products. It's like buying baloney or something, you know? It's the same. The directors aren't even allowed to frame their own shots. Mm. It, it,
1: it, it's, it's one of those things where it's just because, like, I'm doing this thing right now where I just turn my fuck, try to get off social media on the weekends so I can just read.
2: Yeah, uh, I can do that.
1: Yeah, and I I get back on Monday and y'all motherfuckers still talking about it. And, and y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all making uh, videos now where it's there's that video of just Scorsese listing every movie <laughs> he's ever seen. <laughs> I guess to bring home the point that he knows a lot about cinema he, despite the fact he's made a shitload of movies.
2: <laughs> well, well I mean, it's easy? very this very personal. I was talking about this last night with, you know, our friend my friend Blake Howard. Like it's personal to us because he was like our film teacher. You know, and there's so many of the greatest movies ever made we saw because Martin Scorsese was talking about them. Yeah. And, you know, he's such an evangelist for the cinema that, like, the way he's been dismissed as this elitist and a snob, it's like, you know, or the gatekeeper. That's my favorite thing. Like, that's just the dumbest expression I've ever heard. But particularly with regard to him, this guy's been holding the gate open for 50 years. And now people saying he's a gatekeeper because he doesn't like this factory product that, uh. You know the old the actors in the movies don't even know which ones they're in.
1: Yeah, as Gwyneth Paltrow famously established, you know they just put they they just put them in mo- they just put them in scenes, and at some point they'll be in a movie.
2: Yeah, Anthony Mackie didn't know he was an Ant Man until he went to see it. Yeah. <laughs> It's sort of like the opposite of finding out you've been cut out of a Terrence Malick movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: oh, shit, I'm in this? Wow. Well, I, <laughs> I guess that's another check. I don't know. But, uh, and of course, you know, with that controversy, there's also uh, the other thing that film Twitter can't stop talking about, which, of course, is Joker.
2: <laughs> with, I which, thought everyone was done with, with that now.
1: A Joker, a movie, which made me stop drinking.
2: That's yeah, unbelievable.
1: Because, uh, yeah, like, I, I was downing a hundred and sixteen point eight uh, barrel egg proof whiskey beforehand, and it did not help the experience <laughs> at all. So I'm just like, why the fuck am I drinking? Why can't i guess it's so i guess sober october has begun
2: because see i wow it's because it made me want to drink more but it's funny you said it reminds me of a story about a friend of ours who Well, will leave his name out of it but uh, after transformers 2 i said geez i clearly wasn't drunk enough before that movie and he said i was on oxy and it still sucked yeah
1: so that's, that's the sad thing about movies now just like they're, they're so bad even uh uh Stimulants and narcotics can't get you through
2: them. (laughs) Well, the Joker is just just... such a nothing. We've had this months of relentless, like, drum beating between, like, the winning a Golden Lion and then everyone deciding that there's going to be mass shootings at every theater showing it. You know, going into that fucking theater, like, I've had an easier time getting on planes. Yeah. and And it's such this safe corporate nothing burger of a movie that has zero to say about anything.
1: And it's, yet, and it's yet another DC movie that another movie, yeah, another DC. I don't even know if it's part of the union universe or whatever, but there's there's like so many damn DC universes now. But it's just it, it just is just just a miserable time to sit
2: through. <laughs> well, it's, it's just like funny remember when these movies used to be fun and just. It's just been the thing that's been going on since, like, 1986, right, where they're like, comics aren't for kids anymore. It's like, okay, no shit, you've been saying that for 30 years, but it's like, we're going to just sap all the joy and entertainment and light out of them. And just make them these grim, dour, relentless experiences, just to show you how important these stories are. And it's not a point story at all, it's about a clown who fights Batman. (laughs) Yeah. And he doesn't even fight Batman, like... I can't even do the math on this, so what, like, he's going to be, like, 65 years old when he finally fights Batman? Because Bruce Wayne was yeah. a little kid. Like, this is going to be, like, the Irishman. They're going to, you know, be all these old men hobbling around.
1: And can and can Bruce Wayne's parents get killed in an alley one
2: more time. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen time... them die more than Uncle Ben.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, all I got to say is, I you know, that Birds of Prey movie... Better not be entertaining because if that way they just they, they should just give the DCEU to just women
2: now because they're the ones <laughs> yeah. that make
1: halfway decent movies.
2: So, <laughs> very male energy in the Joker, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, sorry, it's Joker. It's not even the Joker.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> the, and it's in it's one as as you as you uh roughly put it, after you saw it, you know, or you can go see tech. Or you can just sit and go home and watch Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy like a goddamn adult. Yeah. Because you can literally list off all the movies it rips off. It was like, the, what, it. like
2: uh, when Harry Met Sally was to Annie Hall in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> Jokerist. <too. laughs> you know, every scene just comes from another another Scorsese movie. Or You Were Never Really Here, which just came out last year, which was another McQueen yeah, Phoenix version of Taxi Driver.
1: Jesus. Like, yeah, hasn't he made, like, three 40s movies already that you can go see? Where he's just dancing around uh, in his apartment in his drawers and shit like
2: that? <laughs> I kind of want to see him play like a guy who has a job. You know, it's been a while. Yeah,
1: just, yeah, a, reg- a regular dude just, like, what
2: a, with a with a GED or something, but uh. <laughs> like he works at a car wash, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, let let's see. Here's something I just thinking of. You looking forward to uh, El Camino because that's this weekend. You know, um
2: I'm not really, and I never, I never got into Better Call Saul.
5: Yeah. I like mean, I thought
2: Breaking Bad was like a great thing, and then it was over, and I was happy, and I've never really thought about it again. Yeah. Well, it's like you know the book's closed, and as far as I was concerned, I tried watching the first few Better Call Souls, especially you know happy to see Michael McKeon.
1: Yeah.
2: But it was just sort of like I am done with these people. And this book's closed. I think the show probably ended about two episodes after it should have in the first place. You know the uh, yeah the Ozzy Mandis episode, the Ryan Johnson one was the best, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: I like prefer to think of. Uh, Walter White stuck in the middle of nowhere with two copies of Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium instead of this crazy robot machine gun rescuing Jesse trick that seemed kind of, uh, I don't know, seemed like a little stretch for someone that sick to pull off that yeah. that move. But, you know, I don't know. It was one of those shows I just I was done with it and I put it away. And now it's like,
1: oh, we're, we're still doing that, huh? Yeah, we're still we're still doing a lot. There's a Sopranos <laughs> prequel coming out at some point. I like, Jesus.
2: Well, I, like, I I have you know the story with that is he had a script about that era in New Jersey and so you know it couldn't sell so you know put put young Tony Soprano in it.
1: And, yeah. You know. Making the
2: yeah. <laughs> Making it a it prequel, was, and you know, just, it's all about play the, play. the 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 Newark riots, and it was like, well, if you put you know Christopher's dad in it, then then you can get a fat budget where. Mm.
1: It's, it's, it's just amazing, just like this we're getting this. It's it's I'm just thinking like we're getting such a kick. Our culture's getting such a kick out canceling people, but not TV shows anymore. <laughs>
2: Like TV, but really, does anyone do really been, were... <laughs> does anyone really even get canceled? Like, who's really gone away? There's been, like, you know, Louis C.K. is still around, I and mean, I guess yeah. Spacey's not working, but you know, there have been it... very few effective cancellations.
1: I, well, I think it's just like people just love to say it,
2: really?
1: yeah, yeah. This, this person, this person's canceled. Yeah, you know, just like I don't think so. It's
2: like like the worst thing have... that happens, there's like that Gillis guy from SNL who will go on to be a right wing martyr and opening for Nick DiPaolo for the rest of his life. You know. Yeah. Like it was actually better for that guy's career to not get on the show
5: mm-hmm.
2: than if he just you know had to gut it out in the background of three unfunny sketches where movie stars come in and play all the parts that the cast used to play.
1: Yeah. And you, get, and, you, you and guys like him usually get uh, canned after the first season anyway. So <laughs> because they just white
2: and nondescript. Yeah. And there's like four of those on the show already. Like I thought, I thought there were like three different guys, Beck Bennett.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a,
2: there's a, there's a lot of the bland white dudes like the, the second comings of Will Forte. Oh,
1: yeah, man, I haven't uh, well, watched
2: the new season. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm terribly behind.
1: Well, speaking of Saturday Night Live, you know, of course Eddie Murphy is gonna make the we hope make the big uh, return to the show in December. But uh, it's you know another Netflix movie about to drop. Uh, Dolomite is my name, which is. Uh, i i i went all the way uh to the alamo draft house and katie dealt with a a, a, a very um a very strange lift driver to go <laughs> wondering where his ex-wife is and he but uh, this i went over to alamo <laughs> and um yeah i i enjoyed it uh yeah, i enjoyed it immensely i it's funny, i Everybody's uh, you know, uh, saying that Eddie Murphy's back, but you know, of course, uh, the, the big story of that movie is Wesley Snipes
2: right. coming <laughs> in out of nowhere. <laughs> and you know the deal with that, right? He was just written as a straight man? Yeah, yeah. And Wesley said, like, no way is Eddie going to be funny, and I'm not going to be. And so he just came up with all that random shit. <laughs> <Accione>. <laughs> That was the best time I've had at the movies in so long, man. That was just pure enjoyment. Just the positivity, the good feeling you leave with. Like we all just kind of, kind of sail out of that theater. There's this a
1: couple movies like that, and uh, Takashi Miike's First Love, which oh, I'm was surprisingly, <laughs> like I know I I know I've seen this movie like three four times, but like when he did it, he it was just so hilarious, <laughs> just.
2: Yeah, that was because oh, this is just true romance. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, especially Dolmar, I was not prepared for how sweet it was going to be for a movie that says motherfucker like four times per sentence. Like it's just adorable. Everybody's so good-hearted. And it really is the sweetest dirty movie. The whole it, supported cast is great. Well, of course, it's just black Ed wood, but it's yeah, but like... exactly. well, you know, it's been 25 years since Ed Wood. We can, it's the same writers; they can do this again. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> give him <them> another laugh. They're stealing the electricity from the place next door.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Murphy's great too because he's so. It's like Odie, Our friend Odie was talking about this. It's such this generous performance where Murphy hasn't always been a generous performer. Yeah. But this like you really see him like giving the, the scenes to his co stars and he seems like really into what they're giving him, you know. It's just a very mm-hmm. Yeah, although the warmth the of... – and you know, they, they may have <clears throat> they may have repeated the thesis statement a few too many times, but in terms of like, you know, it's it's just great. These people wanna see themselves in the movie. They're gonna make yeah. it themselves. Yeah. No one else is going to put them... How uh, does Eddie put it up there in the light? Uh, no, but,
1: I didn't like what just like the, the fat asses or something on, on the screen. No one else has fat ass on the screen. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because like a lot of the more interesting movies, I guess we, should, we could get into this, uh, or at least the movies you and I are, are liking these days are coming out of Netflix. Mm-hmm. And just... They still haven't figured out the way of, uh, you know, letting theaters play the damn movies, and then it coming later to Netflix. I'm just like, uh, it's like the same thing. With, it's just like the same thing with the whole uh, Sony, Marvel, whatever the hell, going back and forth. where it's just like, y'all can't find a way to make this where just like everybody makes money at the same time. It's like.
2: Well, the good thing around where I live is that, so it means all the shitty AMC and chain theaters will refuse to show them, but all yeah. the really good independent theaters that I love that know how to project movies properly and have nice amenities and things,
1: yeah,
2: they all end up showing them. Like, they all showed Roma. They're all going to be showing The Irishman. So, you know, it works out good for them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, look, Netflix was asking for what, like... Look, like the theaters wanted a ninety-day window. Netflix yeah. said like four weeks.
1: Yeah, forty-five. They, 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 they you know, they, 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 they said they start with thirty, and then they think they, they offer forty-five.
2: Like, After you know, forty-five you know. days, nobody's talking about a movie anymore. Like, yeah. I mean, we we live in different times now. Yeah, it's not you know when it used to when like when I first opened that movie theater, it used to run and Shakespeare and Love played for like seven or eight months. Yeah you know my big fat greek wedding like the movies don't hold like that it's just so i don't know someone's at least you know the irishman wouldn't exist if it wasn't for netflix paramount was said flat out they're not paying for that
1: yeah especially after silence i think they didn't really <laughs> want to close the door on scorsese <laughs> you
2: know, they sort of closed the door before that movie even came out
1: exactly yeah it's like <laughs>
2: That was just something like Brad Gray left them with that they were trying to scrape off their shoe mm-hmm. <laughs> fulfilling the barest minimum of contractual obligations. yeah So I don't know I don't I'm, I'm not on board with the Netflix's evil contingent, you know I mean I, I prefer to see movies in theaters, but again because of where I live I can see movies like Roma and the Irishman A really nice old, Fashion movie theaters.
1: I mean, usually it, it's like for yeah, for me down here, it's always like it's either Alamo or some you know one of those fancy ass theaters that offer you a pillow and a comforter and cost you like twenty five dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing this shit. It's just like this, I just want to see a matinee price movie. But uh,
2: I've never had. I've never been to an Alamo. I've never giving them a dollar of it, issues with their, their former unofficial spokesman in the press. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't understand the idea of these like meals and theaters. Movie. Like that just like grosses me out. Like I'm trying to watch, like I'm mean, at yeah, you're trying to watch silence and there's like this guy next to you eating ribs. <laughs> Can we like just focus on the film and like not have nachos delivered unto us for at least two hours? Well, well, that's you know, that's the way of trying to bring uh, people in the theater, boo boo. Yeah, just like, yeah, you know,
0: just you, you can uh, you build know, a
2: restaurant in the theater, and then you can go and talk about the movie you just watched. You don't have to. I mean, I just can't imagine being at the end of the movie and then getting the check and trying to figure out the tip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's you know, of course, as I said. So like people need a lot more than just the movie to go see a movie nowadays. They want to act. They want to give. They want to act like they're at home while they're watching the movie. So that's why they got uh, the reclining seats now, and that's why you got Mm -hmm. uh, people giving my uh, waiters uh, giving you uh, onion rings or whatever the hell or whatever. And it's just that you know that's all part of the whole experience. Just want to feel comfortable. (laughs) Maybe take off your take off your shoes like Margot Robbie. Yeah, just if I if I see one more video, just is off top is kind of related, but one more video of a person in an airplane uh, with their feet kicked up. Their bare feet kicked up, (laughs) like, swiping on an iPad or whatever the hell they're doing. It's just like, you're in a contained vessel.
2: I was thinking of, like, Mad Mad Men, when they got, like, the airplane contract. And, you know, airline travel represents luxury and glamour. And, you know, there was a time people would get dressed up in their best clothes to go get on a fucking mm -hmm. plane. (laughs)
4: David Allen
1: David Allen Greer used to have a, a, a bit about that in stand-up where he talked about you show up in your Sunday best and the students just look like Playboy bunnies and the, <laughs> yeah. the pilots. The pilot looked like George Hamilton and just, <laughs> uh, just nasty as hell. just the Oh, yeah, my friend
2: said, like, uh, he's like you know, he's, when he was a kid, like, his mom worked for TWA and he used to fly everywhere. He said, he used to be so glamorous, and now it's like going to the fucking registry. <laughs> it's yeah. just miserable when I have to get on a plane. So I, 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 do as, yeah, um, I do it as... Yeah, I do it as seldom as possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm also well, just old, and I don't like going
1: anywhere. <laughs> I don't want to get on anywhere because I'm fat, and know I'm going to have to get one of those goddamn seat, uh, seat belt extenders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah cause I'm all I know I'm going to be in, in in like economy or business class something like that, and the seats are too damn small. But um, but yeah, just it's funny because yeah, we've been enjoying movies that's coming out on Netflix. Meanwhile, you know, the uh, award season is coming up, and um, the the shitty prestige
2: movies
1: (laughs) are getting ready to pop off. Have you seen any that made you go, get the fuck out of here like I have this week?
2: Well, you know, it's actually really too bad. I have to work tomorrow night, so I won't get to see Jojo Rabbit.
1: Oh, Um, I saw it.
2: (laughs) And I would say this would mean that I would never have to see Jojo Rabbit. But you know me, and then I enjoy a cocktail or two. And and the disc will come to my house at some point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'll stay in the game too many innings, and I'll just be ah, let's just throw this on and see what it's like. And then I'll probably call you afterwards. So tell me about Jojo Rabbit. Oh, it's a lovely little
1: film about Nazis. (laughs) About how cute Adolf Hitler is. And it's just like, it's funny, like, the first 15 minutes were kind of funny, and then the rest of the movie happened, and just like, like, do I have to be here for all this?
2: So, (laughs) Hitler's the kid's imaginary friend, like, he's a fascist kid. Yeah,
1: he, 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 the kid literally wants to, you know, uh, be a Nazi and hang out with Hitler, and so, but, uh, just like, there's all these things keeping that from happening. And, uh, uh, Sam Rockwell's kind of funny in it, but, uh, the whole, the rest of it is just, it's one of those things where it's just like, it tries to, it's, it it, 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 it's, I, I, I tr- was thinking about comparing it for Life is Beautiful, but it wasn't, but Life life is Beautiful was at least like earnest and sincere with its shit, but it's bullshit.
2: Yeah. Like, and they one fucking those... killed a guy at the end, you know. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, I'm people remember about... that movie differently, I think, than it actually played out. You know? Yeah,
1: but it's just like, but that kind of happens too. But it's like it's one of those. It's 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 uh, you know, since it's this Taika Ty, Waititi, if mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it, he tries to go for like the whole uh stylishly quirky angle along with it. So it's just like.
0: Is this
1: is like this weird mesh of uh, just uh, uh, quirkiness and uh, and seriousness? Because it does, but it just doesn't bound together. Because it doesn't doesn't know what tries to be like an extreme farce, or just tries to show how just
2: like how you know
1: fucked up that time was. So it's just like it goes back and forth between this those things.
2: Yeah, I have such a low tolerance for twee that that just yeah that's
1: that's a good thing because like I was thinking like uh, you know it's 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 kind of Wes yeah Wes Anderson kind of just just ignited this whole storm of (laughs) yeah we can be meticulously weird in movies too. So and that's a, kind of, <laughs> that It's weird too
2: with Wes Anderson. Like, I either like, really like the movies or I can't stand them at all. It's, <laughs> it's strange. Yeah. like, I'm, I'm totally, I'm all over the map on that guy. Like, yeah. So, like, every so third that, movie really flattens me, and then, like, <laughs> there's others I'm like, ah, that's just shit. Yeah, well.
1: Yeah, that, that kind of, it, it's kind of hot and cold with him. But, uh, so yeah, expect that. Um,
2: yeah, I saw Harriet. Oh, how was Harriet? I couldn't go this afternoon at all. It's like the lifetime version
1: of uh, the Birth of a
2: Nation. <laughs> I was actually shocked when I saw the director's credit, and then I got really sad when I when I was watching the trailer. It's
1: it's yeah, this it's you know it's it's one of those movies, it's almost like one of those, one of those movies that dared you to talk shit about it because of course it's about slavery, but. Right. Well, I certainly you.
2: wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, well,
5: you
1: know. but
2: but you're from Boston, so you could have. But oh, uh, well, yeah, I could have around here, but not. Yeah, well, yeah. this is going out to the rest of the world, all right.
1: Exactly, but uh, just yeah, that's the thing. Like as you said, looks like you know, Casey Lemon's directed it. It's like Cynthia uh, Revo is is, in my opinion, one one of the more. Um, I can use the term electrifying electrifying, electrifying uh, actresses work a day like whenever she's in something it just like he brings this uh, raw energy to it that just makes it uh fascinating to watch
2: but uh it's just, yeah I mean Kensey Lemon's like Eve's body is fantastic but.
1: it's such a, it's such a dull prosaic production whereas it's just like she's Harriet Tubman and she's just. Fighting the good fight and everything, and just like, and there's this like this 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 evil uh fucking the, the, the plantation owner always after her and shit, and it's just like, yeah, God damn
2: it, just. The trailer um gave me a very 90s TNT vibe. Yeah, like it just had that kind of uh that kind of modesty of scale and. I don't know, yeah, I was, I was really surprised. To, you know, she's made some weird movies.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm not certain, I'm, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't go, but I'm relieved I don't have to write about that one, because being the white guy yeah. from Boston giving Harriet a bad review, that would, that would serve nobody's interest.
1: Oh, but, you know, that, that's, that's happening.
2: Did you see the Natalie uh, Portman um, space madness?
1: No, no, <laughs> I saw Gemini Man instead, which is oh.
2: just, which is
1: like another example of. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like Walter Shaw, he was on Twitter saying that kind of like it was Angley's second chance to do another Hulk movie, and I'm like, yeah, just, well, the, holy shit, it was a Hulk remake. <laughs> <laughs> Got got Clive Owen. Yeah, before I thought it was like, I thought it was going to be like a, a science fiction movie where old Will Smith goes back in time to stop young Will Smith, but turns out the big twist is that uh, young Will Smith is actually a clone.
2: Yeah, they give that yeah. away in the trailer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I. I, is I he's I, like, was, You made a person out of a person? Yeah. Which is- I just don't think it's that impressive in terms of, like, you know, de-aging Will Smith. He kind of looks the same.
5: You know, yeah.
2: Like, like, you really want to show off the technology, like Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was, like, Angel Heart Mickey Rourke coming to kill the guy from The Wrestler? Like, that would be wild.
1: I think that would be something only you would be interested in, because I don't know if anybody <laughs> would give a shit about the move, another movie with Mickey Rourke in it. But, yeah, it's that, you know, Gemini Man, and just, like, uh, just... Maybe, maybe just like it's one of those things where you just, I, you know, from the trailer you just get this idea of it, like, oh, this is what it is, and then you go see it and it's like, oh, it's it's this, but it's it, it's just this. <laughs> it's like movies. <laughs> that's that's a sad thing. Like I, I am not enticed to see any of these. A lot of these major uh, studio movies, where because it's just like it's it's hard to remember the last time a studio movie really surprised me. Mm-hmm. You ever feel that, you feel that way now?
2: Just.
1: Yeah. Like, I, mean, go to
2: these. I mean, it's hard. That's why, you know, again, going back to like the Marvel thing. Like I don't write about half the superhero movies I've seen. Cause I feel like I've written this review 20 times already. Yeah. You know, they're all, it's all kind of the same and they're all, everything's the same structure. Yeah. I, mean, I like October. I was saying to my editor the other October is my favorite month for movies because that's when all like the weird shit they don't know how to sell. They kind of like this is when the Lighthouse is coming out.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> like everything they don't they don't really know what to do with. You know, here's the whack job at Natalie Portman astronaut movie, which is just garbage, but uh, you know it's very different garbage. Uh-huh.
1: They a lot of space movies coming out. People like Ad Astra and Lucy Sky*. I mean, like, the whole Apollo thing, like, that's, the anniversary's
2: over, but they keep making space movies. <laughs> when uh, the lights came up after Lucy in the Sky, my friend I was sitting with turned to me and said, Well, I take back everything bad I said about Sad Astra. Yeah. Which was interesting. I don't know. I never liked these James Gray movies as much as I feel like I'm supposed to. But...
1: Well, he made a couple that I that I will ride or die for, but just like, I don't, I don't know, the rest of them.
2: But, uh, what We the... got two lovers. It's, it seems very uncharacteristic of his, too, because it's not a genre movie, and it's, yeah. you know, he hasn't really done any other kind of contemporary romances like that. hmm there's a movie where Joaquin played a guy who had a job,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was slightly askew, but that's, that's <laughs> a full funny thing. It's like Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Vanessa Shaw was... Like, he had to choose between them. <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> oh. Is that... Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking like screen like you you got you got screeners I got screeners started, I got Netflix screeners.
2: I love that they it's, said it's, Netflix screeners of like movies that are already on the service? Like I, I have you, yeah. I have them already.
1: Yeah, just in case. But uh, just so it's it 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 it's, it's starting, man. It's starting. <laughs> We're gonna have to look forward to all this, uh, all the uh, the the movies coming out, and then.
2: We, we got the Clint Eastwood movie out of nowhere, you know, that he's yeah. started, he was shooting in June that he's just done with already because he's Clint. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's going to show up at some point, and then
2: we're going to have to deal with all the awards and you know, see
1: who's going to host it this year. and.
2: No, they're, they're, and like, they're, they're sticking with the no host thing.
1: Oh, they're sticking with the no host. Oh, lovely. But uh, and then then it's going to be like – it's going to be – for Best Picture, just like five great movies, two okay movies, and a movie that sucks, and the movie that sucks becomes Best Picture.
2: Can you believe Green Book? Like, it wasn't even a year ago.
1: Nobody talks about that movie.
2: <laughs> oh, it's over. <laughs> nobody.
1: Who the fuck? Talk. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know nobody that likes it. I know nobody. That told I that told me anything about it after they
2: saw it. Nobody
4: rolled up the <laughs> me.
2: You don't know thing. enough old white people because they love Green Book. Old white leftists. Well, <laughs> well, I I moved. I, moved I was surrounded it. by them in that theater. I was sitting near people who gave that movie five stars, not four, five. <laughs>
1: Well, of course, I moved out of North Carolina, so I guess that's yeah. I'm I'm with all the, dr- the dregs of of society here. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Just like like why do we de- put ourselves through this shit every year, where we 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 come up with a list of movies that we like, and those are the ones that nobody. <laughs> that, that really that really doesn't matter come award season. I mean, and we see, and you you and I we both we both see uh, good movies this year.
2: Yeah, there've I been mean, a lot of good movies this year. There's not like good like award season movies yet, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> it's,
1: it's and it's kind of like this disappointing thing where it's just like, well, yeah, we know there's good movies out there. We can tell good movies, but will anybody go see those movies? Like, cause it's, it's. I, I always find it to be a thing. I was just talking to somebody today uh, about a movie that came out in 1996. They didn't know anything about it. Is this, is, is, is there, is there even a call for this? Like,
2: is it, it seem, people seem to be interested in movies at all these days? No, it's like they talk about the TV shows, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think we talked about this last time, where it's just like oh. where people are just, bent at home, binging stuff. Which and I I've been thinking myself just like I used to watch TV all the time. I wanted to be a TV critic where I grew up, and now I'm just like afraid to turn that motherfucker on because there's too much and it's overwhelming. Yeah, I can't it's sort
2: watch of it very... all. <laughs> I, I don't watch many shit. I watched I actually just watched it before I watched The Deuce, but you know, I'm also of that like old fart that where I like one episode a week. Yeah. And if you drop 13 in my lap at once, I have no idea how to manage my time with that. Because <laughs> everyone's going to be talking about it at different times. It's not like, can you believe what just happened? And it's like, oh, wait, well, where are you? And, and you yeah, know, and
1: the, there's that whole thing where it's just like, oh, just,
2: you know, they're just talking about spoilers and just. Right. And then I feel guilty because I haven't, I'm not caught up with them and they can't talk about what they want to talk about around me. And, like, yeah. it's kind of just nice when the show's on Sunday and you can talk about it on Monday at work or something. You know? Yeah. And there's one and at you're... a time. Like, I mean, if I I don't think I could watch James Franco's double meatball routine for more than an hour at a time. But when it's just an hour, I enjoy it. You
1: know? And then also, and we, we talked about this, like, how do people have the time to binge watch all these shows?
2: Mm-hmm. Just like oh, they don't watch movies anymore. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I guess,
1: and then they don't have families
2: apparently. So just like I don't know, it's just there's a sense of completion when you've watched a movie. Like, okay, that's done. I can move. I can go on with my life. Yeah. Whereas you know, I don't know. It just feels like homework when they drop all these shows in your lap at once. I'm like, I'm not getting through 13 episodes in a weekend like this. I mm-hmm. work weekends first of all <laughs> second of all I, I, I start to hate a show if I watch too many episodes in a row you know because you just yeah. it was like when I used to uh, when I was a kid and I liked a writer I would just start reading all of their books
5: mm-hmm.
2: until I didn't like them anymore because I recognized all their little ticks and repeated phrases and words and things and, you know you burn yourself out on this stuff
1: And I think also also like some you know just a psychological effect that it has, where it's just like you have all these shows in your these episodes in your possession, and you there isn't just because when I would I remember back in the olden times when (laughs) I would watch a show, I would mull it you know mull over for that week and wonder how it was going to pan out the week before like I come up with scenarios of just what the hell is going to happen next week but it's just like like you don't have to do that anymore it's here now so
2: (laughs) yeah I mean that was the fun with the Sopranos I would watch it like all three times it was on that week yeah and you know and especially like for a show that was so loaded with symbolism and things you can only get like the second time around. It really benefited from repeat. And the, and the character humor also just benefits from repeat viewings, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of it's the kind of gags that the more, you know, the people, the funnier they are. Yeah. But I mean, I couldn't imagine just because I used to tape them for my sister and I would send them to her in Maine and she would just like chug them all on a weekend because she, you know, she had to see what happened next. And I was, oh, I, can, I can never do that
1: yeah
2: and that turned into the dominant business model, so what the fuck do I know? Hey. <laughs> I used to like the three years in between popular movies and their sequels, you know I thought like when Lucas kind of settled on that three years between Star Wars films and mm. things like that seemed like a nice break where you don't have to you know you get really excited about the movie. Then it's out, then you know, and then you get you know the video release, and you're excited about it, and then by and then eventually you can get excited about it. And now everyone's doing two or three movies a year, and it's like, well, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and well, I for, I keep forgetting we have another Star Wars movie.
1: Yeah, there's that, thing just not looking <laughs> yeah. forward to that at all. But, but yeah, and that that would explain why, because uh, these days you write a lot about. Um, I'm afraid to say old movies because I think I said that once and people were just like, hey, you know that that movie's not old or whatever. But, but it just, but you do you 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 are doing what I like to call uh, like Michael Swergau duty. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that compliment. Thank the you. The artery <laughs> blog where you're just like concentrating more on writing because uh, Boston has a lot of, as you just said, a lot of great theaters. Like the Brattle, the uh, Coolidge, you know, Somerville, all these, uh, and then you got the <laughs> Harvard Film Archive, and the. And the and I love that you they, know all these theaters, and you. Because, <laughs> <it's> <great. laughs> you, because you, you know, because you have those theaters I, over there, and I envy the fact you have them, and I have, we have, this shit, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because You've written about them, and you've written about all the events and the uh, film retrospectives that they have, and uh, uh, just, you know, all the people show up and and, you know, I guess whenever Harvard do, like, some big tribute to Julianne Moore or something, you've written
2: about that, written
1: about the movie she's done, and just...
2: No, it's so great, like, going to, like, a midnight show at the Coolidge of some old movie, and there's, you know, it's packed. There's, like, 400 people there. Yeah, it's just—I mean—it's really fun. I yeah. saw Blue Velvet a few weeks ago with a bunch of people who hadn't seen it before. And holy shit! Wow. <laughs> there was this dude in the back that was just screaming, like, just wow. just like "Oh boy,
1: <laughs> oh!" <Uh-oh. Hey>, Hank, <laughs> hey. Hank? Hank Hill was that between the screen of
2: Blue Velvet? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sounds like who was there? But... <laughs> I, you know, I like you know. We like we okay. grew up with that movie. We know that movie so well. You forget what it does to people who haven't watched it before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get you get to see it through fresh eyes. It was really special just watching them. Like, what the fuck is going
1: on? <laughs> and just I, I should I should say, in like uh, here in uh, Houston, Texas, there is the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston, Marion. Lunts have that, and when in Rice Cinema, and of course, we have in Alamo and all that stuff. But it's like, we, it's, there isn't a huge market for that kind of revival um, programming, retrospective programming, as it is in Boston. I mean, how would you. Well, it's a college, explain-
2: you know, it's a yeah. college town, so it becomes the, I mean, it still is, knock on wood, it's still the hip things for kids to do you know not so much the anything that's more than 30 years old you know The mm. you kind of go to the bogart movies and it's not nearly as crowded but but you know there is still i mean there's like a scene there's like people you get to know you see the people at the movies all the time it's nice it's a you know you're all staying up way too late and <laughs> watching roadhouse together
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs>
2: And it's a good, you know, it's a good mix. There's so many different theaters that do different programming. You can get the, you know, the heavy artistic stuff and also roadhouse. Or the Keanu Thon, the, the uh, 12-hour Keanu Reeves marathon, which was great.
1: And also, as you just established, yeah, you, know, you could have um, a retrospective of. Uh, uh, classic films uh, directed by and starring Ida Lupito. <laughs> but you can also have, like you say, the Keanu-thon and Roadhouse and all that shit. It's just There is no distinction. Mm-hmm. It's all cinema. Almost brings us back to the full circle of what we were talking about. <laughs> right. With <yeah. laughs> Scorsese and everything. Just,
2: just well, that's true. And, I mean, think about all the movies... Um saw because of you know Scorsese championing Detour yeah or, you know Force of Evil or all these old genre movies that's why I know like a lot of these crybabies felt betrayed because they're like Scorsese was the guy who said the genre movies could be art and it's like yeah but you know those weren't massive corporate entities that dominated yeah. the entire culture <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Detour wasn't on 4,000 screens <laughs>
1: Yeah, people forget like those movies back then. Just, it's it's like even B movies that were made, they they had a lot of uh, artistic value. And I think like one of one of my favorite B movies is uh, the Day to Earth the Day the Earth Stood still. Mm-hmm. And that has a you know if you watch that, it's not only it's like a good like, popcorn movie or something. Where, where that was sort of, like, it. I
2: feel like that had a big budget, though. That wasn't, like, a throwaway. That wasn't, you know... Well, not so much a throwaway, but just, like,
1: there's... Like, that like a movie like that has that kind of uh, reputation for being cheesy and campy and all that stuff. And, and because and, 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 it is, like, you know, because back in the 50s, they had, like, all those, uh, uh, you know, flying saucer movies and all that stuff. Yeah. But, if you go, but if you go back and see a lot of them, they're, like, they have a lot of, you know, the... They lab, uh, credible filmmaking going behind it. So, no,
2: mm-hmm. oh, no, that's a very good movie. It was very, all those movies had the great political subtext. Too. I remember yeah. It was funny. The, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on television was when, uh, Kim Morgan was sitting in for, uh, Ebert on Ebert and Roper. Yeah. And they were talking about the host and she was talking about the whole, uh, you know, it's not even subtext in that movie. Like the the political, the political angle of the host is is text. Yeah. And, and uh, Roper's just rolling his eyes and he's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, political stuff in a Godzilla movie, sure." It's like, "Motherfucker, do you even know what Godzilla is?" Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I always remember just getting so mad at that, like, like this idiot. First of all, he missed everything they were talking about in the host. <laughs> But, you know, whatever, it's, it's Richard Roper.
1: <laughs> and we, we won't get into any of that, because I know you, <laughs> you, you and him have some kind of relation, uh, animosity, which I... Just...
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, and it's gone, there's no evidence of it anymore. He deleted it from the internet, but that motherfucker name searches himself on Twitter. Yeah. He's really angry at 3 o'clock in the morning. Aren't we all? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, is there is is there anything else more to say here? Just because we just, just basically two bitter old men just talking about how things don't don't work for us anymore.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we talked about it a lot the last time, but it didn't work. Well, you know, that's I mean, that's the. The great thing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, is it's, it's you know, <laughs> the most yeah. evocative feeling of just waking up one morning and going, oh, shit, I'm old, and the whole culture has passed me by. Yeah, we just... I <laughs> <laughs> listen to that, uh, Out of Time by the Stones a lot after seeing that movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just I just had at a, a moment of sad clarity there. But, uh... <laughs> But you know, just just tell just you want to tell people where people they can find you because I'm sure you know they'll have so I'm, I'm along with the other people who who meet you at movie
2: theaters and shit. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. Walk up and introduce yourself. It's not. I won't be that terrified. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I write for WBURs, The Artery, and North Shore Movies, and uh, I have my own uh, website, uh, splicepersonality.com. Or I collect keep links to everything. And I try to keep them updated, which as you can know what a pain in the ass that is, because I got about ten years of stuff there and you know, publications go missing from time to time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Constantly have to uh, anything more uh, than ten years old on the
2: internet is just gone.
1: Yeah. Uh well. But uh but yeah, you know, well this Thank well, it's great for... to have
2: you back on the air here. I'm looking Well, to... I'm,
1: well, we'll see what happens with this shit here. Like, cause I, I'm trying to see how I'm gonna go about this, but hopefully, uh, you know, you you know, this this episode will drop and you'll tell people and it'll be all, and you know, your fan base will pick up on it just. <laughs> just fan see fan base. What <laughs> you got <laughs> a fan base, nigga. Don't be. So... <laughs> Tired <laughs> as shit. But, but yeah, so but uh thanks for uh taking the time to talk.
2: Uh so. hey, it's always but, a pleasure, sir. And just let me close this out here. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. That was uh me and Sean Burns talking about movies and just being old. Uh, so um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you can reach me at all my various medias at Uncle Crizzle, U N C L E C R I Z Z L E. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, still on Tumblr apparently. Uh, not on TikTok. Maybe one day get on TikTok, but not not today. All right, so until next time, this is uh, Craig D. Lindsay saying Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you, me, and a big-ass tub of, tar- of parfait. You know, like that, that middle school parfait that they used to serve you during lunch. That's
4: Just think about that.